0: Welcome to Birds All Day, the most recent edition, uh, of course. Here in the throes, the throes of spring training. Uh, my name is Drew Faires, and we are, of course, going to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, joining me, as always,
1: old reliable, old reliable, Mr. Stoughton, Stoughton How are you? I am doing well. You
0: are doing, doing well. okay? Things You're are surviving good. spring training. Your it's
1: excitement good. is, uh, you know, just trying to just trying to make it along through this uh, boring part of the schedule. I, trying to get comments up to speed, you know, people are reading this or listening to this on the uh, on BlueJaysNation.com now, we've switched over uh, to that site, trying to fix the fucking comments, which I can say now, because apparently we have an explicit tag on this podcast, because we were asked to, because people complained, I guess.
0: There, are, there were some people who were probably, there's always that chance that someone's going to get what they didn't expect, and uh, for that we
1: apologize. Yeah. I guess. Kinda. I You uh, should have known better, but whatever. Uh, maybe not. Why maybe, should they have known better? Maybe not if they if they're finding us through iTunes, through the If you click on
0: like Benny Fresh and Arden's podcast, it says people who listen to this one, that one also listen to this First one. All Day. Yeah. This one. So maybe you're a big time Blue Jays fan and you said, Hey, let's see what these two morons have to say being us and then you hear nothing but poop coming from their poop <laughs> mouths. Uh and then you are regretting. <clears throat> Yeah, with your time so for that we are we all we do apologize i guess there will be an explicit tag on it uh which
1: it, we might as well now i mean i think i don't know if we can like tell apple like hey we'll just we'll cut that out don't worry about it we'll just we'll curve our line i don't think they're really i don't think it's a, like oh well we'll we'll re-listen and get back to you kind of a situation i think it's like hey put this tag in or your podcast like goes down so can't have that No. Nope. Got to keep delivering that content to the people. We're happy to deliver the content to the people. We're happy
0: for everyone who uh, supports us and and uh, and contributes and kicks into our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdsallday. And we are, we are thankful for everyone who uh, goes to iTunes and, uh, and does offer a review, negative or otherwise, as long as you tell them the truth and you know yeah. what you say. And uh, if you have taken the time, we've uh, we got, we got a lot of reviews, and it's really great. So thank you very much for everyone who has uh, taken the time to uh, indulge us as we... Uh, the two most self indulgent people <laughs> in all of the baseball media. Uh, you know, we do we it's do not, what we do. Let's not go nuts here. No, that's true. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty high, uh, that's a high mountain to climb. It is. It really is. Uh, it really is. So yeah, usually in spring training, there's not a lot to talk about. Thank goodness for Goose gossip. <laughs> some might say he's heaven sent. Some others, some might some others. A bit of a buffoon. Uh, so maybe we'll talk a little, little, little. But yeah. what, what can you? Let's, what let's what can we say? Yeah. What could you and I, sitting here, talking into this microphone, to the people who are listening, say that every single person listening would not predict us to say? Like if we Literally said write down, write yeah. down a yeah. paragraph that you expect us to say, and then go on with it. We'll see.
1: I posted my life. I've now written like three posts about. This that relates back to the Goose gossage thing, and the first one was at like, you know, two thirty, three o'clock, or something like that. And already I'm like, oh, this this whole fucking thing is stale. This whole story, who cares?
0: At two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, that's the blessed the 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 upside of the twenty four hour nonstop content cycle. It has to become content, but in becoming content, it goes
1: away so quickly. Will we even remember that it happened by the time we do the next podcast? Almost for
0: sure, no. Uh, We'll talk about the fifth starter thing that's going on, in that they're trying to decide who's going to be the fifth starter. It's Gavin Floyd. One can assume. And, (laughs) uh, you know, we'll just take a a cruise around Dunedin and uh, just see what's up. Talk about stuff. Blue Jays things. Blue Jays news. Marcus Stroman, probably. Because I think that,
1: that... Really easy to talk about Marco Estrada. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. going to start opening day and the home opener. How does that work? They have an off day, and uh, and that would be his regular rotation turn. And they're going to use the off day to skip Marco Estrada if he is not ready to start the season. Needs like an extra few days.
0: So we just talked about it then.
1: Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll talk about all that. And so much more on this edition of Birds All Day. Three, okay, so the first thing we'll talk about, of course, of course, it's Jose Bocas. In the news for a variety of reasons. In the news because Goose Gossage, rich Goose Gossage, grown man named
1: Goose, yeah, said he's a disgrace. Disgrace to the game. Yeah. Said giant man baby Goose Gossage, yeah.
0: He kind of went on and on, talking about how you're not allowed to run over the catcher anymore because of Buster Posey was standing in the wrong spot, according to Goose Gossage, and just generally dis- displeased with his, the, the inability for he and men like him to hurt people for no reason. Yeah,
1: it's gotta be really disappointing. Or
0: or hurt people at their own whim.
1: His legacy of hurting people for no reason uh, has been tarnished.
0: Uh, There was a good His legacy
1: of giving up home runs that people fucking... Pimped and Clowned after you know, <laughs> uh, that, like that Kirk Gibson home run uh, that clinched the World Series in '84. Mm-hmm. of Gossage. what I I tweeted this where there's a, there was two clips. There was one of like the whole play unfolding, and then there was like the parabolic mic listening in on Sparky Anderson being like, "You don't want to walk him. You're not going to walk him. Okay, you're not going to walk him. Okay." <laughs> That's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Goose Gosage can fuck off. So fuck he, off.
0: he went off in Bautista uh kind of did the he acquitted himself very nicely being like i'm not gonna pick a fight especially with the hall of famer blah 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 said lots of good things and then gossage just kind of made the media rounds in the aftermath of this kind of not not one to shy away from an opportunity apparently not, not one to shy away saw from... the
1: breathless tweets about him showing up on tim and sid it's like eh, this guy's a very nice he's still probably not gonna buy cable and watch <laughs> what does that have to do with goose gossage I'm just saying, it, it was like, it's like let's make this a whole big thing. Well, it's content. It just becomes content.
0: It's yeah. a the content cycle. Goose Gossage was subsumed by it. And, so, and, uh, and you know,
1: I, I did my part, with my three posts. And Jose Batista is
0: out of the, you know, tried to stay above the fray. Yeah, the
1: guy who is being called a clown and a fool and, yeah. and is disrespecting the game is the one who's like, oh, I'm not going to pick a fight with a Hall of Famer. A hall of famer who's acting like a giant man. Baby.
0: Who did have a very oh, bad right. reputation? I remember reading books like uh, Baseball, Call, hall, baseball hall, uh, Confidential, okay, a book that I read and I was probably ten years old and I don't, I had no business reading this book <laughs> full of vanity and kind of inside baseball and amateur. Does it have it, an it's actually great on it. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I think okay. so. It's great, yeah. it's great. It's, it talks about the play like the least. Light. You see similar things to it in the spring, like who's the most overrated player, who's the most underrated player. Who's the biggest clown? Who's the biggest chatter at first base? Right, case, right, yeah. Kind of yeah, di- yeah. dirty stories and stuff told off the record. Uh, it was a whole book of it. It was, and I was a little kid reading it. It was like Amazing. written in like 1987 or 88, uh, and it's great. But uh, um, yeah,
1: well, that's what, that's back when they still used to toughen us kids up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not like today's kids who are just allowed to pimp their home runs and nobody even, nobody even like stares them down or hits them in the teeth with a fastball. Well, that, place. of course,
0: Goose Gossage's us today came out in stark contrast to those of Bryce Harper who had some amazing things they'd be like, "Yeah, if I hit a home run." You know, get me out. He's like he talked about Jose Fernandez being a kind of guy who he's like he's you hit a home run off Jose Fernandez, you Pippa, he doesn't care. You got him. Yeah. You got him. He's like I want baseball to be fun cuz baseball's boring and the culture's boring and it's like, "Yeah, Bryce Harper, <laughs> you you are not wrong." Bryce Harper is like Bryce Harper has an allergy to to poli- not to politically minded speech. Yes. He can't help himself, I think, and I read there was a little bit in the story about it that that he just yeah. he's he fights with himself in terms of saying the thing that he really wants to say versus saying the thing that he knows he's supposed to say. Right. Which is kind of what brings this out or That's
1: why he's awesome. Is which is why he he's awesome. Doesn't, yeah. Or when he, they were like he loses that battle. They
0: were like, right. Bryce, Bryce there were like a few weeks ago there, Bryce Bryce you're gonna sign you're gonna be maybe you'll be the first, you know, player to sign a four hundred million dollar contract. And he was like, eh, don't sell me short <laughs> Yes, Bryce Harper Um, But anyway I I think Bautista did pretty well for himself Uh, I love, love Jose Bautista If you saw his tweets yesterday Going on about like, oh they're playing all these Exhibition games in Cuba here and there What about the fucking Dominican Republic? Like he's mad Jose Bautista is forever mad He has the biggest chip on his shoulder In the world, and it's great
1: Uh, He's gonna love those pinstripes next year (laughs) Just at the center of it all, they're gonna bleach it all all, all right out of him. <laughs> Arizona's uh, gonna be real good to him.
0: But I said this, and I I'm, no one who no again no one who's listening to this would ever be surprised or, or is unfamiliar with the fact that Jose Bautista's story is so fascinating. Yeah, his journey to becoming who and what he is now, and sitting on the cusp of, you know, he's gonna be thirty thirty five years old. He's sitting on the Nine-digit payday of
1: brutal disappointment when he finally gets the highest offer he possibly gets. Well, then, but he's going to be disappointed no matter what somebody gives him because he probably thinks he deserves more. Maybe he does deserve more. But you're right. Yeah, but the story and just the way he's wired on the field, the way he thinks about the business stuff mm-hmm. and talks about it. And, well, and I think those yeah. two things are
0: definitely related for sure. Him for sure. experiencing it from a little bit of a different perspective than a guy like you know Edwin Encarnacion. Um, someone, again, much has been made of Bautista's kind of status in the DR relative to most of the guys who come up right? with baseball being the only outlet and guys who didn't go to school quite as uh, long or as... Uh, uh,
1: who basically were professional baseball players from the time they were... Or or, you know, or vying to become professional yeah.
0: te- baseball players when they were 10 and 12 yeah. years old versus Bautista who, I mean, for for him to have not gotten the signing or whatever, or not gotten signed or not gotten a, getting a suitable... Um, uh, deal in the DR who then goes to college in the US the junior
1: college yeah, like
0: straight out of Chipotle yeah. College same with Adam Lohan and Ross Martin come right out of the Dominican Republic whether or not you know not speaking going to college not, where, where you're not speaking your native tongue is crazy enough as it is yeah most people do, do so badly <laughs> in college when it is in their language yeah uh and then for his the, the journey four teams in one year and...
1: getting fucked around by the stupid Rule Five yeah, rules getting like with the
0: big leagues and then screwed
1: because of it like yeah like here you know that would that would maybe give you some perspective on how you are being treated as a piece of this business as opposed to just being like mm-hmm. oh you're gonna give me how much for hitting some dingers let's go mm-hmm. you know yeah I think that probably would uh, that year in limbo at least or whatever it and was I think... that that you know mm-hmm. that really. It's maybe revisionist history a bit but like he I'm sure would think of it like that set his career back had he not been I mean I it, it, I'm sure it does exactly but you know he wouldn't have become the guy that he was mm-hmm. without it he wouldn't have become that guy right you know had he just had regular playing time in that one year where he was sort of flipped around and on the bench a lot mm-hmm. but you know it did it, it could have like really done serious damage to his career just the fact that he was caught up in this machine of rule-fiving and how the archaic rules work about how player movement happens mm-hmm. and how bound you are to whatever the league says and whatever the CBA says when and it, you're especially when you have no rights as a you know 1 to 6 year player
0: there's so many things in that are meant and i, I think have the right intentions in terms of... But they often... Or not often, they can backfire on players. Like, okay, you don't want a guy to be held out in the minor leagues indefinitely for the, for his whole career. So you give him a bit of agency when he gets to... Yeah, that's supposed
1: to be helpful for these... But then guys, it ends yeah. up,
0: when you get into these unusual situations like Jose Bautista, where it works against you. Or or the arbitration. Like, okay, it's really good. It's important these guys get arbitration raises. But suddenly it's like, well, now he's at this player... Like, I'm I'm thinking about a guy like Mark Trumbo, for example. He's worth more... He's going to be paid more than he's worth. Right. Uh, Even though he was worth more than he was paid before, but now it makes him kind of a... He's a weird commodity, and so he gets traded and dumped and moved around. Right, Not because he's not a valuable player, but because he's not valuable relative to the salary that he's going to earn. Yeah, because of the
1: system that's set up to... Exactly,
0: exactly. To
1: hand out those salaries. And
0: that... But uh, Beyond his... Everything he does on the field. I think that Bautista is a really important player. And if maybe if you're one of. More so
1: next year when he's with the
0: Yankees. (laughs) Um, I'm guessing that among the players, and maybe if you're a younger guy coming into the union, you don't necessarily need like the crazy, you know, strike breakers, swing swing a bag of hammers kind of union protectionist guys, but somebody who has a much different perspective. Than say You know uh, Chris Bryant Or even And so any any uh, Bryce Harper for example Br- Bryce Harper's Path And Jose Bautista's path Could not be more different Yeah It's important to have someone Who can see the business From a different side And ex- and help Maybe younger players expl- uh, Understand What's out there And and how the machinery Works And how it's To screw them basically. How it's yeah. oiled yeah. with the blood Of the workers yeah. You know All yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. But uh, <laughs> Speaking of which, John Heyman had some tweets, some some muttering, some utterings. Maybe that. Uh,
1: oh yes, that's right.
0: That that he his thinking or his what he's heard is that Bautista is more inclined to stay.
1: Yeah, which is you know well, saying all the right things and I, probably entirely true. Well, he said he's willing to negotiate, which is something Bautista himself I think said he wasn't willing to do. He was, you know, Heyman whatever Heyman believes says it's you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe softer than that. I I wrote that it was you know just going straight from the David Price playbook. Be like, yeah, I want to be here. Like, look at how well that worked out for you know Price and Price's legacy in this city. You know, he he might get booed because of what happened and because he now really plays for Boston. But you know, ultimately, I think people are going to remember him better than if he had been like you know trying to hold the team over a barrel, which I think a lot of people think Batista is going to try to do because he's come out mm. and basically said that's what he's going to try to do. Uh, and so that worked for price, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, really cynical obviously, but I yeah. You know, it's price for, for a reason. And yeah, like they, it did not make the Jays look good that it was like, here's a guy who wants to stay, who might take less and he ends up elsewhere. None of the other facts really seem to matter to a lot of people who just go blind with rage about that sort of thing.
0: Absolutely. And
1: not that I dealt with that, you know, for four months this winter.
0: <laughs> well, uh, he's... David Price is another guy that I think a, a lot of younger players definitely look up to because of his professionalism. Chris Archer is a guy that goes, well, anytime anyone needs to write a story about David Price and what a good worker he is, they just stick a microphone in Chris Archer's yeah, face absolutely. and Archer's always there ready to, to slav, you know, lavish him with praise. It with Stroman it seems like the same sort of thing where I, I've said before and I, I maintain that the guys that the other players are, more, are inclined to respect are the guys who get themselves paid. And they get yeah, themselves paid absolutely. in a way that, that, you know, without being necessarily, you know, like you said, hold them over the barrel or, uh, uh, I mean, Bautista's in a different situation. Bautista's the kind of guy where he, there's a good chance the Blue Jays, and, the, and I think that Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are very aware of this, that they don't want to be bidding against themselves for, for his sure. services. sure, yeah, yeah. With, like, the Orioles and Chris Davis, where that was apparently something that was coming from the from ownership, where they were like, he was like, I really want to keep him. Right, and yeah. so they did, and they paid a pretty penny for him. And I like Chris Davis; he's a good player, but whatever.
1: Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. The, but the Bautista, Bautista seems want like be in that, that situation,
0: and Bautista seems like the seems like the situation where Atkins and all these guys are going about it like, yeah, we're we're negotiating, we're having laughs, and we're having fun. And I don't think that there's anything unprofessional about it. Bautista's said it himself. Like, right. it's it's business, and I'm gonna, you know, I yeah. We can be friends, and I can. We could. I don't need to be a jerk about it, but I, I gotta get paid.
1: Well, and I mean, I don't. You know, I don't know this, but like you could assume. I think that that goes. It goes the other way from you know the front office guys who are kind of like, "Hey, we'd love to pay you if we had a, if we had a budget where that would work out for us." But we don't know where the hell that budget number is going to go next year. We don't know, you know, how well the team's going to do this year. How well the revenue is going to add up this year where the canadian dollar is going to go etcetera etcetera and and you know the prevailing thought seems to be that the, that the jays aren't just uh, it, that they're not necessarily determining their own budget and deciding what's you know what they can do you know this is coming mm. from above them and it's coming from you know recipes for how much money is being made that are that involves some stuff that's internal to rogers that you know doesn't necessarily uh, doesn't might not add up. We think doesn't add up. Uh you know, most fans look at, you know, the T V stuff obviously and, and what the what these teams are worth and think it doesn't add up and and so they're in a position where they're like, Yep, yeah, should be able to do this, might be able to do this. But fuck, let's have a laugh, Jose. Like we don't know either. Like it's not like it's Atkins and Shapiro who are mm-hmm. who are holding over Batista's head, like all this money that they think they have. They're like, Yeah, well we kinda can't fuck ourselves. So it really depends on which is not what untrue. the budget's going to be going forward. Mm-hmm. And um, who know, And, you know, it's weird. It seems like they do it year to year almost. I mean, I don't know. But we, you know, nobody seems to have any sense of what next year's budget will be, let alone, you know, a couple of years down the line, which doesn't necessarily seem like the greatest practice. You know, you might want to, you, you might want to think, think farther ahead a little bit sometimes. Sometimes. Or, but I mean, know? you
0: can't predict what's going to happen. True. Right? You can't. You, I don't think that would I mean you have to be able to be flexible and, and adjust to, things on the go, and and
1: I mean, it's, the last so, time it's we so were complex. everything The is, last time we were talking about, you know, three-year, hey, three-year raise and payroll is how we ended up with Vernon Wells, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So that, you know, maybe not not the way to go with, about it, but I don't know. And I would assume that that's probably, I don't know, I, I just think that that's what's going on probably on both sides, because what can they do? They can't, he, Batista can't take what they're going to be able to offer them, and they can't offer them what it's going to take to get them. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have to happen in the off season, or you know, if he doesn't want to negotiate and see, you know, maybe the All Star break. But even then, it's it's such a big bet on, you know, you would you wonder about his health this year. You're like Jesus, I wouldn't want to sign him to that deal now and then have him break down and get hurt. Mm -hmm. I know there's all the stuff about, you know, the nutrition and you know they got the high performance department. They're trying to do these things and keep guys healthy, but you know, aging curves curve for like that they just do you know no matter how great you are and how defiant of them you can be and yeah it's like i don't know i it would be scary to sign that now and have it not kick in for a year i think and that to me is like well holy shit you're you're talking about signing this guy for 6 years mm-hmm. i mean at some point you got to make that bet you got to you know if that's what you want to do but doing it a year out does seem like an extra layer of what might complicate this, which is why it just seems like it's so easy to be like, to put it out of mind and and sort of roll with all these things with the you know his statements and all that, and just be mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get worked out one way or the other in the off season.
0: It's interesting. So forget it. I'm gonna we're gonna this is gonna segue into the next thing we're gonna talk about a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Jose Bautista being healthy. Uh, Arden dwelling of. Sportsnet wrote an interesting thing on the Jays high mm. performance department uh, in which Bautista uh, features prominently because he's a guy who has a very good reputation. And again, this come, almost goes back to the Goose Gossage thing, which and I saw even you know Dave Cameron t- tweeting about this being like, uh, I, I would never, how can you, co- I'm going to paraphrase it or put, put some words in his mouth, but <laughs> right. someone who I would want my kids to, he said he would want his son to model himself after someone who, works hard to achieve and to uh, achieve excellence in something. And nobody, not nobody, but uh, Jose Bautista is well-known for his hard work, and in addition to his perseverance to get through all that stuff, to get to the position where he is now, where he puts in all this hard work, where he takes care of his body, where he does slightly unconventional exercising and, and has a different, you know, the, all the yoga and this and that. And batting section, practice, hits batting from, practice from the left, left side, and yeah,
1: it, just to keep, uh, you know, keep balance.
0: And that is admirable and it is maybe something that with this new high performance team that is working with the Jays and the thing they talked about the uh, it's kind of like a three tiered approach where it's um, what is it prep work and discover or prep work and recovery.
1: Do these are these posters on the wall of the office. Is that what it is? Is there like a little little slogan underneath each one? Is there a cat hanging there from, are a, no from a clothesline?
0: No. Okay. Sorry, it's a prepare, work, and recover. And Bautista's talking about how he loves the way, what they're doing, and, and it's just one of those things that... Um, it, it's, uh, it's unusual in baseball, but it's also something that, if you're a Blue Jays fan, I can't imagine it being anything other than incredibly encouraging. I mean, you have sure. a guy like... I mean and then this is the weird thing about baseball in a lot of ways, where the players as the smart ones are cognizant of the fact that they need to do this stuff on their own to earn and to continue to earn their money. Russell Martin, of course, worked like super hard uh you know a few years ago with using those those accelerometers attached to his chest to measure right, this yeah. and that uh with the pirates they've been they were at the forefront of that uh kind of movement now the jays so the Jays have an older team. They've got they play on this garbage surface that is slightly improved. Slightly. Yeah, but yeah. you have Martin, who you've got a lot of money tied up in, and he plays a very important position and a very grueling one. So if you can do anything to keep him on the field, you can do anything to keep Troy Tulowitzki on the well, field. Yeah, well, you know your your highest paid player who is also incredibly valuable and plays a grueling position and is also always hurt. Yeah. Donaldson, of course. So uh,
1: Donaldson doesn't get hurt, but you get, still you n- still yet. need to like you can't just take that as a given, obviously. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and it's, there's a good quote in here from uh, from Donaldson. Uh, everyone talks about five tools in baseball. In my opinion, there's a really there's really a sixth. Uh, the sixth tool is being able to stay on the field, and that's something that we've all heard time and time again. Health is a skill. You know you you make your own you make your own luck in some ways. And if, when you're able to take care of your body, you take care of everybody in a way that is. Uh, reflective of what it needs to stay on, on the field. And that's one thing about this, is it's a really unique, uh, tailored, personalized approach it's, to health and recovery. It,
1: it's quite, it's amazing, and yet, you know, we talk about Troy Tulewitzki, who's a guy who has a reputation as a hard worker and does mm-hmm. things to try to stay on the field, and sometimes you just mm-hmm. can't, sometimes. No, it's true, I mean... And you, know, and you say, you know, oh, it's encouraging that Batista does this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's not as encouraging as if, say, he were 32 years old.
0: No, it's true. Uh... I, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on here, the B210. Have you heard of that? This uh, clinic in Montreal run by a bunch of like super rich dudes with who just want to see Canada do well in different sports. So they uh, take their own money and they invest their own money in this incredibly high-level training that's specialized for in, you know, elite international athletes right uh, Carol Lang is a favorite Ricky Romero's uh, wife, Carol Lang. Um, she was her career was over and this B210 this clinic brought her in, helped her rebuild her knee, worked her super hard, but not not hard in a, uh, so I interviewed an athlete for the Pan Am Games this summer for, for this thing I did for my old job. And uh, this this woman I, I spoke to was a wrestler and she talked about when she came to this clinic. she learned that she had been working too hard before. That there wasn't enough right. time for rest. There wasn't enough right. focus. You know, the focus exercises that are designed to, designed with a purpose, not just keep doing stuff forever. And you see a guy like Tulowitzki, who's known as a lunatic in a lot of ways, <laughs> and he works super hard, right. and maybe there's an element of that. Maybe, and maybe yeah. this is the kind of thing that they can say, Troy, this is, we, this is what we think is best for you. Don't work us six hours a day. Yeah. You don't have to be like, you know, maybe that's the same sort of thing that maybe would have helped to extend someone like Roy Halliday's career. Right, you. There's no such you know. Work is good, but but there's a, there's such a thing as too much work or, or work that isn't you know, work smarter, not harder. It's like the kind of yeah, exactly. corny thing exactly. that we've heard a hundred times before. But this is an interesting kind of new, different approach as opposed to. There's another article I read today that was on the, the on the National Post talking about clubhouse chemistry.
1: Yes, that's Blue right. Players. Yeah,
0: something they invested in heavily. Um, or.
1: Paid a lot of lip service too. That's, I think, <laughs> more the th- not not more mm-hmm. the thing. That's what I always harp on, though, is that mm-hmm. it's easy to say, "Hey, we did better because we had great chemistry." When you add the MVP and the Cy Young runner-up, mm-hmm. and and like one of the handful of the elite catchers in the game, probably going to be probably going to be a net positive for you, even if they're jerks who piss everybody off. I
0: think there's. I think there are different ways to to examine or think about what that what is what it is really what we really mean when we talk about chemistry and you know is it learning about work habits? I mean, there's, a, sure. there's a, there are certain ways, especially if if you're if your ownership, maybe there's some parts of Jose Bautista's uh, applications of chemistry that you don't uh, appreciate, but again, because he's a guy who who's going to tell you know the younger players, get yours. The, the, the game <laughs> yeah. is not out to help you. The game is out to bury you. The game is out to exploit you. Yeah. Get paid. But the other side of that is when Jose Bautista is urging players to come to Florida in January so that right. everyone can work out together, so that we can do these yoga exercises and this core strength and, and conditioning together. Because we'll all be better players for it, and we'll all get paid for it, or whatever the, whatever the look at they look about it is, or we're going to get this ring because you know a guy like Is crazy for the ring, and uh, they all are. Uh, I think it's really interesting, but I also think it's interesting. Now we're going to segue again. All right. Now the Blue Jays sent Rafael Soriano. <laughs> right. Now he's yet to show up.
1: Yeah, visa issue.
0: That's visa issues is with with a lot of quotes, is what I've seen. A lot of air quotes. Uh, Rafael Soriano has a reputation as being the biggest dick
1: <laughs> in baseball. Being, you say? Like, being. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think Rafael Sor- Soriano carries around a good reputation. I mean, I think there's
0: a competition. I've...
1: But, that, I mean, I heard someone like mumble something about Mark Lowe once not necessarily being a guy, but, oh, the Jays brought in this great chemistry stuff. You know, it... Uh, I, I mean not to segue away back into what you were saying before but to me it it's it's interesting how all this stuff sort of is developing and how they're looking at it now mm-hmm. and you know it, it, it to me maybe this, it, it's a bit glib but it's also maybe like favorable to me for for you know how I've evolved as viewing the game but like yeah it seems like so many teams are now there's not there's just not a lot that sort of differentiates a team from another team. Whereas, you know, when I started writing about baseball and you started writing, about, you know, you know, there were, there were Phillies teams and there were Oakland teams, you know, and there were teams that were really looking at things differently mm-hmm. and sort of, it seems like everybody's kind of getting on the same page where, Hey, we need to look into all of this stuff just to keep from getting le- left behind. Mm-hmm. And now they're looking at these other ways that can give them an edge and any kind of edge that they possibly can. So mm-hmm. the high performance nutrition stuff on one hand and there, yeah, for sure. There's got to be an element of, harmoniousness in the room if that helps people to Mm -hmm. to participate better and to work better or the Batista thing you say you know having having people come out in mid-January to start working out and stuff you know that's all going into I think Shapiro said this the other day it's you know there's still going to be an art to having to deal with people and putting people together and and you know they're going to try to to sort of demystify that art as much as they can I guess but but yeah, it seems like there's still a lot of sort of weird intangible stuff that they're now trying to hmm. to put their finger on so that they can use it to their advantage. Well, the element- But then where does Rafael Soriano fit into that?
0: So I wonder if there's, there's an element of getting, believing your own hype in a way. Like now our clubhouse <laughs> culture is so strong right. <laughs> that we right. can take on one of the most notoriously shitty guys in baseball. <laughs> and everything'll be fine. Uh, that Perhaps. he has not pitched well of late. I mean because he went from being really good and then he start a student I think he started to see that factor into a bit some of the transactions though because it, I can't help but think that Rafael Soriano would have wouldn't wouldn't have been out there on a available on a minor league deal. Like not as spring late. training was yeah. was was yeah. beginning if he wasn't a piece of shit. <laughs> Because he is. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, I've heard it... Uh, yeah. Allegedly a piece of shit. <laughs> right. But the other side of that, I, and I worry about this, this is a total tangent, but at some point we start thinking about, like, are we taking away agency from these players? Like,
1: That's, I, mean, I guess, another question of it, too. Yeah. Like,
0: you are out of possession of ours now, and you're going to eat when we say to eat, you're going to eat what we eat, and you're going to... Like we don't, we don't, you don't, you're I, gonna
1: you're gonna give us blood when we want to see your T levels and you, you know like,
0: <laughs> God 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 low T he's out he's out no low T uh, and, and
1: well, I the union would never allow that baseball at least actually unlike football actually has a union that protects its players to mm-hmm. an extent so uh,
0: it, it, there's always like it's a, you always wear that's kind of running up against like phrenology as well <laughs> like let me measure your skull like oh I don't know if this guy. Is gonna be
1: uh... well, and you're sort of feeling out these <laughs> these things, these places, and yeah, I guess you could probably run into into stuff like that. But I know, I see what you're saying though about Soriano being like uh, how it, it having gone maybe completely the other way. Like uh, you know when we we tried to jumpstart a good clubhouse with that Omar Vizquel, Mark DeRosa stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we've got the good clubhouse, and we yeah we could bring in guys and churn out like mm-hmm. like stud, perfect major leaguers. That, you know, that, yeah, the, <laughs> that they will just, the, the magic of our clubhouse will rub off.
0: I'll say this one. It, it's, it's nice to believe it. This is the last thing that I'll say and then we'll, we'll take a break and we'll come back. Uh, then the next CBA negotiation is going to be really interesting. Because I wonder what kind of stuff people are going to put up, what kind of stuff is going to end up on the table for negotiation, what kind of stuff, where, where players may or may not dig their heels in and say, you know, this is something that we're, we're not going to, we, we draw, we've drawn a line here. You know, we are still people. We're not your, you know they're not robots. Who knows? I, I wonder if there'll be places they dig in or if the owners start to really push back against certain things. Uh, uh, you know, maybe, I'm gonna maybe guess the they'll union. just
1: exchange those for the rights of uh, <laughs> something that takes away the rights of non-union members. Seems to be the way that. How game many gets more?
0: Th- Blood v. Stone, I think, is kind of how <laughs> I think yeah. about that one. we will take a break. We're gonna come right back. I'll talk real quick about some other, you know, baseball things going on around your Blue Jays on Birds All Day. We'll kind of go through some springy year stuff right now. Uh Your boy Connor Green,
1: actor slash model
0: Connor Sheen. Connor Sheen, I'm liking that a little bit.
1: <laughs> that's so a thing for me.
0: Uh, I don't know there if there is catch a on, connection for me, to it though, right? He has a connection. they're buds,
1: to- yeah. His high school coach is uh, is like Charlie Sheen's best friend, like really? Santa Monica somewhere, and you know, that's his high school. I don't know if it's Santa Monica, Santa Monica High or what it is. And I forget the guy's name. He had the same name as, as an actor. Wasn't him. I looked it up. Did a lot of research. Now I forget it all. <laughs> <laughs> but control C, control V. Does, the research. <laughs> the bottom line is, yeah, he, you know, and he got to meet Charlie. Sheen. It said he'd been on anger management a bunch of times, which apparently is a TV show, which apparently they still make sitcoms nowadays. And Multi-cam- Charlie Sheen has something to do with it. Yeah, is
0: it, is it on TBS or
1: something? I, I have think? no
0: idea. After he got turfed off the other one. Yeah, that other like weird
1: uh, two dystopian and a half nightmare, whatever it nightmare was. was. Yeah, uh, something, whatever, something that your grandparents want. Even my, grand, my grandparents, my dad really wait.
0: did not, not, not. He did not like two and a half
1: men. <laughs> my uh, grandparents are, are they're cool. They wouldn't do that.
0: What um, if you had to pick your favorite like Charlie Sheen thing? What would it be?
1: My favorite Charlie Sheen thing. Roll. Beshi- like- besides Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part do which are. Masterpiece
0: <laughs> War, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, besides those. Uh, is there anything that jumps to your mind? Like, Charlie, I remember Charlie Sheen in...
1: I mean, like, do they hold... I mean, I remember, like, that little salute he gives, the end of Platoon, and just like, uh-oh, I wonder if that movie is a pile of shit, as opposed to what people <laughs> thought about it back then. Uh, Wall Street's pretty all right, I guess.
0: Uh, Charlie Sheen's cameo in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, is uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty to good. To be like the definitive Charlie Sheen <laughs> role because it's so good. He looks all fucked up and stuff in it. It's great. Uh, Connor, Connor Green's not on the forty man roster, is he? I don't think he. Is. I don't think so. No, uh, he has gone back to minor league camp. As is Dwight Smith Junior.
1: Yeah, one of the other guys. Yeah. He got
0: hurt, didn't he? Dwight Smith Junior. He's rolling around in the dirt or something like that.
1: I went for lunch with Bourne this week. I, he... Did you go for lunch? With Bourne I got. I week? went to, for lunch with Bourne this week. Yeah, yeah. You did? Yeah, uh, uh, not like the week before. <laughs> no, I, uh, <laughs> I. And so, and so, born respectable human being. Yeah, and just like you know, it's like oh, you know, six o'clock or five thirty. Like, all right, my wife's cooking dinner. Gonna go home. I'm like, my other buddy had showed up, and we were gonna go to something at like eight o'clock. And we're like, well, better keep drinking. Just, what are we gonna do for these two hours? Just go home. No, fuck that. So. So the long story short is, if, I don't know who the hell got, if Dwight Smith Jr. got hurt or who it was that got sent down with Connor Green. The important
0: thing is, we can't make anything out of what's happened today. I don't. Uh, Jesse Chavez gave up a couple home runs today, or something, but not the end of the world.
1: I watched. I know that Jonathan gave a home run know. against it's, the Blue Jays today. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. It's just. It's. Uh, I mean, it's just so grim at this point. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like. You know, like the Jays faced Andrew Miller. They got to Miller and, and Chapman. But was Chapman fine. hit two guys. Yeah. He had Baptiste in the toe with a slider or <laughs> yeah. something. So everybody was healthy, that's the important part. Except whoever the hell it was that got hurt that got sent down with Connor Green. Mm. Uh but yeah, you know, I watched it and I was I'm just half paid I mean, I think that was also as the stupid rich goose gossip shit was mm. engulfing the world. Uh but yeah, I don't know. Uh the games aren't quite, they aren't they aren't quite like tune-ups for the regular season just yet. They're still like bullshit going through the motions kind of things just to get themselves you know, into it.
0: We've you you and I have done this for many of these springs now. Maybe not many, but like maybe four or five.
1: Yeah, at least something like that. Yeah.
0: I wonder what goes into the decision making based on spring games. I wonder what is the stuff that they, that they look at. And if we think that there is a fifth starter battle, is there really a fifth starter battle? And you'll hear guys like Gibby say, "Oh, you're out there fighting for jobs," but like,
1: well, you can't tell them they're not fighting for jobs. Exactly.
0: Yeah. But I, but I I'm I just really want to know what is it that they're basing on. If You go out there and you get smashed around, and little, you know, ropes at shortstops and third baseman, and then you get your outs, or if you go out there and you get a wind blown Florida, you know, spring training home run, or. You know, if you're pitching in Arizona and you get the... When they hit the ball into that bizarre, like, white-blue sky <laughs> and it just right. falls in the grass. I, I just would love to know. I mean, I'm a... I'm a per, I, I've kind of come to the idea of... Things I look for in spring are strikeouts and home runs if you're a pitcher. You're striking people out? That's good. Giving up home runs? Eh, maybe less good. Yeah. Balls in play? You know, you just kind of throw your hands up because it's... I mean, that... There's been some talk about, we've talked about this many times, I'm sure, about if, when hitters show huge spikes in slugging percentage in spring, it's something that tends to kind of carry over. And okay. I yep. can't help but wonder if there's a relationship that works the other way with
1: pitchers. Maybe. It's just so tough because even, you know, you can parse the spring stats, like I say. You know, who's who are you facing at this time of year? What are they working on? What are the, you know... What is it that they're doing how many how deep into spring you know this Jose Batista's first game was today or Chapman's first game was today uh, you know other guys have been playing for a week and a bit or whatever it's been and so I don't know what, what do you, it's hard yeah it's hard to make anything of anything uh, especially early
0: on guys are and I think
1: it out. I mean to go back like to go back to your question I mean like, I'm sure that they must look at spring performance to an extent but I think been Benny fresh Ben Nicholson Smith wrote about this this week which is like it's probably gonna come down to hey. You guys, you got, a, you got a minor league option left? Oh, you don't? All right, well, we'll keep both of you, but one of you gets to go to Buffalo, and that's kind of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I put up a poll last week about the fifth starter stuff and, and asked, you know, was Aaron Sanchez going to start in the rotation in the bullpen or in Buffalo? And, like, very immediately someone was like, who the hell is going to pick in Buffalo? And I'm like, I think I'm going to pick in Buffalo. I think that's what's going to happen, even though he's going to, you know, he's looked good so far. Gavin Floyd will tell you that he has assurances that he's on the roster if he's healthy, which I don't understand their whole thing with Gavin Floyd. Okay, well, And everybody not... is always like, hey, who's his agent? Oh, right, Shapiro's dad, and his parents, anything. <laughs> <age."
0: laughs> okay, well, that's my, my question that I don't think that you and I are going to be able to answer, which is how bad does Gavin Floyd have to pitch in spring to pitch himself out of a job on opening day? And that's... I think. The answer is really bad.
1: Yeah, I kind of think so too. Out of a out of that rotation job or out of just any job?
0: I think rotation job.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of his at this point to be honest. Uh With Chavez being like the long man who's going to come in and you know give an extra start to push guys back a bit and do you know do that mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, I I think I, I think you're right that that's probably what's going to happen and even if not, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he pitches poorly, oh, something tightened up on him or, you know, one of those things where it's like, oh, we'll put him on the DL for a couple of weeks. We'll try to, slide, you know, sneak him through all that sort of stuff where, you know, we've spent so much time mm-hmm. this part of the spring thinking about the position battles when, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. There's it was, not that much of a battle going on, I don't think. I
0: don't know if you listened to Jonah Carey's podcast with Dan Heron uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was really good. Uh, Heron's great. Uh, could not be more California uh, in his manner, but uh, super cool guy, and he's talking about how he prided himself on always going on pitching, and how he only went on the DL once, and I think it was kind of towards the end of his career where he was getting lit up. He it was, it was in Washington, <laughs> right? He was getting lit up, and they were like, "You're going on the DL" because he was hurt. He had like a hip thing, and right?
1: His... Everybody's kinda always, yeah, kind thing, of hurt right? always. Yeah, all kind of hurt. When you get,
0: you know, you're throwing two hundred innings, seven, eight, nine years in a row, you're always hurt, but. They were like, you're going on the DL. And he didn't want to because he was like, no, I'm going to go and pitch. And he said that he was thankful for going on the DL. And that gave him an opportunity to sort of get a little bit more healthy and come back and pitch again. So the whole idea of like right arm shittiness being an injury, uh, kind of a real thing. (laughs) Uh, But I think that if if Aaron Sanchez, because he does have options and you're not going to burn anything... If there are no longer-term implications of having him start the year in Buffalo, unless he comes out and throws a no-hitter, you know, every time out for the rest of spring,
1: <laughs> basically, I
0: don't think there should be any shock if he starts the year starting in Buffalo. You can they can dance around it, say they want him to build up arm strength, and you know, you added all this weight and you look great. Um, he's pitched pretty well so far. If yeah. you go by the, he struck out six and walked nobody and given up a home run, given a bunch of hits, but. It's pretty training. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's like you just you got to think about like the mental trick that you have to do to to understand why it works, which is you know what which is better having Sanchez, and Drew Hutchison in the rotation, and then you know Floyd, you know Roberto Hernandez has a, can leave if he doesn't make the the opening day roster. Gavin Floyd, I don't know what his status is, but he thinks he's been assured a sure to spot. I don't know if he has a he has a big like, object, deal though, right? He has yeah. he does have a big league deal. And you we don't know,
0: opt out in a big league deal. You signed it. You are in. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. And so you know, you you know, what what do you lose by having those guys in the in the minors? And what you gain by having them in the minors is, you know, once once you realize, hey, Gavin Floyd isn't getting it done out here, or someone gets hurt, or Chavez mm-hmm. and Floyd combined can't keep up the fifth starter role, then you can look at you can be like, holy shit, we got in Buffalo Aaron Sanchez and Drew Hutchinson or. You know, cruising through AAA hitters, ideally, probably not left-handers, mm. either of them, but uh, <laughs> or at least Do you they, with... sent,
0: they sent Hutchison down at the <laughs> All-Star break? Yeah. I don't think there should be too much concern about pissing him off. I think that ship may have sailed. Yeah.
1: Well, he has to pitch better than he did last year if he wants to keep a spot in the rotation. But
0: well, there'd be no doubt. Yeah. So, yeah, no,
1: I don't know. We, I mean, we've talked about it. It feels like we talk about this every week. But, yeah, I, I think there has nothing, nothing has changed that would change my mind about the fact that even though they'd like to pay lip service to the idea of Sanchez coming in and winning that job or Hutchison doing it. Yeah, it's probably going to be Gavin Floyd. Pet Daddy. Yeah, if Aaron Loop can't go. He's in. Love it. Love the switch pitcher.
0: Love the switch pitcher. How can you not? How can you not? Uh, I think that's basically it. I was going to talk about Marcus Stroman. He's striking a, bit, a few more guys out here and there here in the spring. Strike out one per inning. I think I take that.
1: He starts on Friday, I believe, against Boston. The Jays will run out nobody because it's Stephen Wright yeah. pitching. So <laughs> love it. Yeah, the Zebra did it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so that should be interesting to see. What you and Stroman... Wellner, are just so know, excited for
0: Stephen Wright to be on the mound. We can just. Steel jokes on the air for an
1: hour and a half, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, that should be interesting. I mean, Strowman's talking about, uh, oh, you know, I talk to hitters and they, they, you know, they, you know, they said that what really messes them up is you know messing with their time and quick pitching, you know, changing the arm angle, doing stuff like that, changing your pace, like, mm-hmm. and Strowman says he's just trying to work stuff like that in, which at some point mm-hmm. you're going to have to be like, hey. Maybe simplify a little bit. Make sure, you know, make sure everything's working, working. But I don't know. Add add some weapons. Well, Why Johnny, not?
0: Johnny Cueto uh, plays for the Giants now. He does. Uh, he had a quote similar because he got lit up the other day. Right. You know, he missed his first uh, Cactus League start. Is that because it.
1: he's trash? He's actually really good. He, he's actually both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, that's know, probably he is more both
0: in yeah. a way that I can't think of another pitcher in baseball <laughs> who's more both at the same time. But he said, I got a lot of shit going on, and it takes a while to dial it all in. And when you are Johnny Quaid and you've been as good as he has been for as long as he has been, with weird periods of just pull your face off of your head and pull all your hair out <laughs> yeah. with your teeth, maddening brutality, <laughs> yeah. you kind of you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. They gave him all that money in all those years. They know who he is and how he works and how much of all that wacky bullshit that he
1: yeah. does. But you're not paying to develop him into something else. No, it's, it's like you, if, he, if he says, what he is, if he's yeah.
0: like, well, I like to screw around with my timing and I do the thing with my hips and I'm quick pitching and slide stepping and no one can ever steal any bases off of me. And it's like, okay, you do you. You weird, weird, weird dude. <laughs>
1: yeah, a little bit.
0: Uh God, I'm so glad that the Blue Jays didn't sign him, but then it had to be the Giants. Like, oh, God damn it.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm not.
0: I'm not okay with that. I'm, actually, I'm okay with it. At least they yeah, were out there fighting.
1: There you go. Uh,
0: uh, Samardi looks good so far.
1: For whatever that's worth, I guess. Hey, and you know what? Strowman Stroman figuring all those things out, you know? Stuff doesn't last forever. He knows he's going to have to get paid once once that stuff sort of takes you know, a step back. Got it. Might as well get used to changing your changing your speeds, your pace of pitching, your... Doing your quick pitches, doing all that. I was not always gonna... always thinking ahead to that next contract.
0: What about so? What about the next contract? I don't, wasn't going to go into this too much, but there's been some talk about maybe yeah. Jay should get him an extension.
1: Yeah, there's a Fangraphs piece that listed him among you know a crop of young pitchers who'd be the next guys to get extensions.
0: Where do you stand on that?
1: Yeah. I don't know. He's a super two, right? Uh, so he's going to go. He's going to hit arbitration the first time next year, I believe. Uh, I'm doing that for memories. So don't mm-hmm. quote me on it. And yeah, I I mean you hate to you hate to say, uh, you know, the Ricky Romero and Brandon Morrill deals didn't work out super great, but they didn't take on a ton of risk because they you know, you don't have to when you're talking about guys who are that you know, early into the process of uh, arbitration and you know, buying out that much time free agent wise. So mm-hmm. and well, that also is the kind of a deal that you know you'd see in Cleveland do uh yeah Kluber has an extension I think right and
0: uh but Kluber's old
1: yes that's true Kluber is older than you um, uh Carrasco has one thing. older than I think apparently Mm. yeah but that's the I mean I think that seems like uh though I also hesitate to you know as much as as easy as it is you know try to draw too much from what they did in Cleveland because of you know the financial constraints that they're operating under you know they they might think differently of it now that they have a little more flexibility in terms of where the budget's going to be long-term, especially when Batista goes to Arizona and and Encarnacion goes to (laughs) Boston, right? So... Uh, It's going to be Butterfield. Butterfield's going to get Hanley, just working like a charm at first base. (laughs) And so Edwin can DH. It's uh, going to be Butterfield coming back to haunt.
0: As we always knew that he would.
1: Yes. Should have made him the manager.
0: I like... (laughs) I'm okay with how the way they went. I do yeah, old, love Butterfield as I do. A lot of the extensions are especially for hitters. They're like breakout insurance for the teams. Basically, yeah. You sign these guys to a deal and if he breaks out and goes crazy, you save yourself a lot of money. And then so you look at the Bumgarner contract, Chris Sale, which are kind of the model.
1: <laughs> like that's yeah. Well, you also want your pitcher to turn into Bumgarner and Chris Sale, and not because there are guys, and not Ricky Romero and Brandon Morrow, even though obviously different, Brandon different Morrow's deals. contract was fucking yeah. nothing. I
0: know. Was it three years, twenty-seven million dollars, and he was off his ass in twenty thirteen?
1: He was he was good at or, times, yes. Whichever year it was, probably wasn't twelve. Yeah, it was probably longer ago than that.
0: Uh, but then there's always you know like the Matt Moore deal, right, where Matt Moore yeah. sucks and is hurt yeah. and is so bad. Uh, yeah, wait!
1: Wait for those rays this year. Don't sleep on them rays. Archer got
0: a, got a really nice deal, or again, breakout insurance. Yeah, but my thing. So, Strowman is a super two, but he's not. I can't see him getting any kind of like good reward. He would have to be so good this year to earn a big R reward because he has only
1: he, yeah, he only has, pitch. he's a super two, but he only has the one year of of. Performance on his record And not even that Right like, Yeah,
0: He's yeah. got What he made Four starts last year And he yeah, made and then, A dozen starts And however many Relief probably, periods probably the year before So more than that But yeah I don't I can't see how He's in a position To make a Big 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 Arbitration case But the fact that He gets to go through Four times Is enough that If he Does in fact Break out And does Have two huge years Or one huge year That could really Set them up For yeah. stuff down the road But I don't know I'm inclined to
1: Well, push it till next winter. Maybe that's the that is the bone you feed the you feed feed the fans Mm -hmm. after Batista goes to New York and Edwin (laughs) goes to Boston.
0: (laughs) But but the other side of it is, I think, if ever you were going to give an extension anyway, because it's easy to say wait till he's good and then sign him to a contract. Sure. Well, why would he do that? Yeah. Uh, But I feel like maybe
1: four years before free agency. So he's also got a
0: does. Maybe it's more that we want it to be so, but I can't help but think that maybe Marcus Stroman has a higher floor than almost anybody else that the Jays would have potential. Like, you're not going to be running around offering Aaron Sanchez a, 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 no. a contract because you don't even know what job he's going to do. Yeah. Right? Well, Stroman, you're like, okay, I can see him.
1: They could ever get fucking Roberto Osuna into the goddamn rotation. Maybe he'd have a a nice floor as well. I'll give it time. Yeah. Well, I'm, same I'm, with the, the Strowman extension. Next winter, that's your... That's next winter, he's not going to take it. You don't know, think he takes it next winter?
0: Not, still a... not if he goes...
1: So, it's four years come yeah, Wow. Okay. So if he wins the Cy Young... I'll take Not going long-term with that, yeah.
0: Year-to-year on the two-time Cy Young award winner.
1: Uh, what happened to Chris Sale if Strowman's winning the Cy Young? Chris Sale's going to win the Cy Young. Yeah, obviously. The best Oh Criminal No it's probably Going to be David Price And Noah Syndergaard Are your two Cy Young winners This year I'm just You a, know they made The playoffs last I know Like the, the, the bad wonderful. man Can't
0: hurt you anymore <laughs> Don't need to be like that Sorry That's enough For this edition Of Birds All Day Thank you everyone uh, For listening uh, Of course Check out Nation.com. Read uh, everything That is there no matter how many posts he writes about fucking Goose costumes, just keep reading them one <laughs> after One was out of- about
1: Tony Sanchez, so there you go. Defending, the catcher? Yeah, Defending Jose, Defending Batista, shitting on Goose.
0: Tony Sanchez was?
1: Yeah. Posted uh, that uh, Bob Tewksbury, the hitting coach, retweeted, like, oh, here's Mickey Mandel with, like, a ridiculous, like, pimping. Oh, yeah, foot.
0: huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I've seen that bat flip before. Yeah, yeah,
1: Sanchez, you know, retweets that. It was just, like, called Goose the grandpa at Christmas dinner. Just no filter. Going off, all for Tony Sanchez. I think
0: it was Craig Calcutta said that last time. Goose Gossage did this because it's happened before. Shock. He went and sp- spoke to him, and he said he was found himself. He found him to be really like measured and thoughtful. And he said he he thinks that when he gets the these microphones stuck in his face, he goes into like pro wrestler mode <laughs> where he just starts cutting promos left and right. And he doesn't know how to stop, but seems about right. I that's a pain I know also well. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you next week on First All Day.